In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. John tried to dissuade him. It is I who need baptism from you, he said, and yet you come to me. But Jesus replied, Leave it like this for the time being. It is fitting that we should in this way do all that righteousness demands. At this John gave in to him. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and suddenly the heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice spoke from heaven, This is my Son, the Beloved. My favor rests on him. The Gospel of the Lord The scene of the baptism of the Lord is recorded in all three synoptic Gospels, with small but significant differences. In the fourth Gospel, St. John has the account as reported speech with the Baptist recounting the incident. Though these differences may seem trivial and insignificant, they are far from it. As the old adage goes, the devil is in the details, or in our case, God is in the details. Only in St. Matthew's Gospel do we have an articulation of the elephant in the room. Why would our Lord need to undergo John's baptism of repentance, since he is the sinless one? How could a superior receive such a commission from a subordinate? These questions undergird the protests of John the Baptist, who tried to dissuade the Lord from seeking his baptism. It is I who need baptism from you, and yet you come to me. John has a point. The superior should actually be conferring his baptism on the subordinate and not vice versa. Furthermore, why would the Lord be seeking a ritual that symbolized repentance when he was sinless and therefore had no need for such repentance? But our Lord's answer reveals the reason for him undergoing this ritual. Leave it like this for the time being. It is fitting that we should, in this way, do all that righteousness demands. The answer is both revealing as well as cryptic. What is the righteousness which our Lord is referring to? What does it actually demand? Our Lord is indeed a righteous one, and only he alone could make such claim to this on his own merit. Our righteousness is accorded to us not by our own merits, but through his. In other words, none of us, in fact, no one can earn his or her own salvation. Our Lord, therefore, went to be baptized by John, not because he needed it, but because we do. This baptism of repentance was not incidental. It is a major moment. It is part of the righteousness of God that Jesus has come to accomplish. He went to John to take on the baptism of repentance, not for himself, but for us. If he had not done so, no amount of ritual ablutions would be able to wash away our sins. It would all be empty simulation.
an unloaded gun or one containing blank bullets. In the waters of the Jordan, the Lord descended and took on the sin of the world. Pope Benedict XVI in his trilogy on the Gospels, Jesus of Nazareth, puts it this way, quote, Jesus loaded the burden of all mankind's guilt upon his shoulders. He bore it down to the depths of the Jordan. He inaugurated his public activity by stepping into the place of sinners. His inaugural gesture is an anticipation of the cross. And from that point forward, the Lord begins the work of the cross. Too often when we contemplate the cross, we see only Christ's passion. Yes, the passion is important, but Christ did not wait until he stood before Pilate to begin his work of salvation. Our Lord made it clear at the Jordan that not only is his death for us, but his life as well. Another interesting point which we can only see in this account of the baptism is that the words of the Heavenly Father are not solely addressed to our Lord Jesus in some form of secret, private conversation, but is actually intended for all who are listening. This is my Son, the Beloved. My favour rests on Him. This makes the private revelation into a public one, a declaration that the Son's work is about to begin. This is the reason why baptisms for both infant and adults are normally done publicly or at least in the presence of godparents and family members. Baptism is never just a private act between God and the, con and the candidate where the former adopts the latter, but also a public celebration by the church admitting the person into her fold. As another Christmas fades into the past and we prepare to move on tomorrow to ordinary time, this feast helps us to understand more fully the meaning of the incarnation, of why Christ has come. Through his baptism, Jesus inaugurates a new life of grace for humanity, and through his sacrifice on the cross, he invites us into this new life. Just as Jesus' public life and mission began in the waters of the Jordan, our lives begin through repentance and baptism as well. We should never forget that the Lord Jesus lived his life not as some unattainable goal, but as a template of how we are called to live. Just as the Father at Jesus' baptism affirms that Jesus is his beloved Son, in whom his favour rests, we too have been made sons and daughters of the Lord through our baptism. Just as the Spirit descended upon the Lord at his baptism, so too does the Spirit come to us at ours. Just as Christ lived his life in union with the Father through the Spirit, we too are called to live in union with Christ through the Holy Spirit. The Lord began the work of the cross at Jordan. He walked our human life, carried our sin, so that we can have a share in his life and live through him a divinely favoured life, a blessed life, a life that has been set free from the tyranny of sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.